Hey everyone, welcome to Craft Studios, the podcast where we pick three beers from a single brewery to pair with three acts of a movie we selected. We'll talk about the movie, the beers, and even some about movie snack pairings. I am your host, Jordan Daly, and with me as always, my favorite co-host, Don, the ambulance chaser with a rank boon Vasuti. Don, what's going on? What movie are we talking about today? Today's movie will be, of course, A Few Good Men, made in 1992, directed by Rob Reiner, starring Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, and Demi Moore, written by, of course, Aaron Sorkin. I don't know why Ambulance Chaser... The great Aaron Sorkin. I don't know why Ambulance Chaser is an insult. I think injury attorneys are fine fellows and uh ladies and i don't i don't understand why 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 did we put other lawyers down it doesn't make any sense to me jordan what i hate him i hate him really really <laughs> i mean you get into a car <laughs> accident i've never had to deal with it who's gonna represent you and uh you know it's funny with this movie i'll represent myself <laughs> yeah because that that's gonna go well that always goes well <laughs> everybody who's ever courtroom represented themselves has always like been has always gone swimmingly of course you know courtroom dramas always make me think i could be a lawyer this is going on since i was young i actually wanted to be a lawyer because of movies like this and now here i am a computer engineer so we see how well that worked out oh yeah no i i never thought i could be a lawyer per se but i always like was like why is it ambulance chasers are put down why is paper lawyers put down versus trial lawyers it's like it's just a whole entire like smidge of just (laughs) lawyers putting each other down i think all lawyers are quite qualified they you know they go to law school they get uh you know whatever certified bar what is that bar exam or whatever it's a bar exam yeah Yeah, they gotta get yeah they gotta pass the bar you know i uh you know but uh, and then and then on top of that, he had a rank. He's Amla Chaser with a rank. I I think that's pretty <laughs> fucking accomplished. You know what I mean? Like you know, I'm just a, sounds pretty good. I'm just a sport manager, but you know, they they're like an attorney. They're attorney of law. I think escrow ESQ is that what that's called? Not escrow, but Esquire. <laughs> so yeah, like Bill S. Preston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, this is really good timing that we're doing a Jack Nicholson movie. I know I told you about this during the week, but I'm surprising everybody else with the story. I had this crazy dream where I invented a movie in my in my dreams. I do this every once in a while, and then I have to Google it to see if it actually was a movie. It ended up this one was not, but it was Bob Newhart, Jack Nicholson, and Andrew McCarthy in an 80s horror comedy that took place on a haunted island resort. It was really weird. Uh, pretty sure Terry Gar was the leading lady, and yeah, just odd. It just go. That's the stuff my subconscious does. I you texted me that dream, and I thought to myself, I need to write down all the movie dreams that I've had too, because uh, I had some pretty good ones that I have no recollection of whatsoever. And it's funny. That's the, the way dreams work. It's like no matter how hard, the harder you try to remember them, the more that they. They just you forget them. It's weird. It, it's weird like that. But yeah, no, I gotta I gotta write down like any kind of movie dream that I have. Nowadays, I just kind of like pass out and die, and then wake <laughs> up and it's the next day. So um, no movie dreams. I think lately. the best part about this movie dream was that during the <laughs> credits of the movie, what if this? Uh, oh, why can't this be love by Van Halen 
was the credit song. And I'm like, <laughs> why is that playing during a horror comedy in the 80s? Like, that was just such a ridiculous song. But I woke up with that song stuck in my head because of my dream. And I'm sitting in bed next to, next to Desiree just going, why can't this be love? Cause it was, Straight through the heart. Because it was a quirky movie. That's why. That's why it was playing at the end of the credits. And it uh, <laughs> it would have played. It would have been It would have been perfect. Um, it would have been perfect. In your movie dream mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. What brew are we going to talk about today, Mr. Daly? Uh, today's brewery is Industrial Arts Brewing. Uh, their fresh, expressive American beers are made for discerning drinkers within the Hudson Valley and beyond. Their seven core beers are just about always available, along with a selection of limited releases, seasonal and one-off varieties, including our Landscape and State of the Art series. So they come out with a different couple of rotating series. This week, we're going to do things a little bit differently. I know normally we pick a variety of different beers, different styles, but they have a uh, kind of a standard set. And so we're going through what I like to call the wrench stack today. We're going to start off with uh, their hazy IPA, go up to their double hazy IPA, and then finally go down to the triple hazy IPA. And, you know, each act is going to be increasing in intensity in this movie, so we'll increase the beer's intensity as well. With that, I know we normally throw in some food pairings at the end, but we've done enough IPA pairings that you know popcorn, nachos, and tacos are going to do the job here. We've said nachos probably... I think we've held off for a little while. 568 times, I think, we've said nachos. (laughs) We would have just gone the straight nacho one would have been chorizo nachos one would have been jalapeno nachos and then the last one would have been like dessert nachos chicken nachos chicken nachos but listen man you want that food with the grease you need that food with the grease who's gonna give you that grease you lieutenant daly (laughs) you weinberg (laughs) (laughs) we were talking about that before and part of that that famous rant, it just goes out. It's like you Weinberg, and like I don't. They don't even show like what you know Sam Pollock's doing in that scene. He's probably like writing notes or just kind of like watching, like chilling. He's not doing the uh, the cross exam. And then like all of a sudden he's like, "Well, what the pointed at me? What did I do? I'm just like I'm just here doing trial prep." And then he called me out. It's just like Colonel Jessup, you motherfucker. That'd be like the director of business development at our company just sitting there at an all hands yelling at us. Who's going to make us that money? You, Boone Vasudi? Like, what, what, what? I was multitasking. I'm sorry. Well, I wasn't listening. What, 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 what? <laughs> I, I I'm not even in sales, man. <laughs> calling people out for no reason whatsoever. It's good, it's good stuff. So, um, yeah, no, when we were picking out this uh, brewery, we had to do a. Uh, We've been busy with work lately, so we had, didn't get a chance to do a brewing tour. Um, where is Industrial Arts? Is it uh, is that a local Hudson brewery? Valley area? Oh, okay, okay. Did they even yep, have in that Drowned Lands, uh, Newburgh, Equilibrium, uh, Hudson Valley? Oh, okay. You know that that type of vicinity. I'm guessing they have like a tap room of some sort. Uh, we'll have to. They have two, I there. think. Do uh, they? One in Beacon, and then another one elsewhere. I don't remember where the other one is. Oh, okay. 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 We'll have to make a visit out there. Uh, I've tried in a little uh, plot twist. I haven't tried any of these beers. I've only tried. Well, I've tried the first one because that's what we started out with. But uh, yeah, we'll go through them and uh, we'll check these out. Um, 
On the other side, I have tried all three today, and I am almost done with the triple, so I'm in a solid mood. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> it's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday, guys. <laughs> well, for you, it is now Monday, but we record these usually the week before. Nice. Nice. Good work. All right. So, uh, we'll start off with Act 1 here. Uh, hopefully, most of you have seen this movie. I think it is a classic. Uh, it's got a bunch of Oscar, Oscar nominations. Stars like fan favorites, so I think we're we're in good shape with those of you who. It's most love likely this movie. on TV currently. If not, it'll probably be on tomorrow. It was weird though. I I couldn't find anywhere that streams this, and I think it's because it's just been streamed to death and it's been on TV to death, and so the only option you know, is to buy it now. There's no like yeah, even, you can't even the, rent it. The times I remember watching this as well as the firm, which was like Tom Cruise's back to backs here was Saturday morning matinee on, I think it was Channel 11, the WB, like way back when on one of those like thick old TVs. Yeah, yeah. it's constantly on TV. It was on TNT all the time. I actually don't think it's on TV anymore just because it's been on too many times and they probably don't replay it anymore. Um, and it's been a little while since it's mid-1992. But... Um, yeah, no, it's it's been on multitude of times, and if you haven't seen the whole thing, you've probably at minimum seen like a bit of it, just like flipping around on TV. And if anything, we know you've seen what we're going to call the third act, because everybody in the world has seen this third act. Yeah, if anything, you've heard it at least uh, parodied or made fun of four hundred yeah. billion times. So, but we're going to start off with Act One and Wrench. Uh, act One is going to go basically until. You know, it's it's Danny Caffey taking the case itself, and up until the not guilty plea gets put in, and that the courtroom drama then starts. So it's basically Tom Cruise running around, deciding if he's going to take the case or just take a plea. Uh, but the beer we're going with here is Wrench. Uh, it is a plith, uh, pithy explosion of aroma and flavor beyond hazy, and loaded with mosaic and citra to the point of stickiness. I didn't and make as that far up. as no, no, Don, did, we're not playing. Did Don make these up? These are straight off of the website. Luckily, with a little bit of my notes involved. Uh, in my eyes, like if you're talking New England IPAs, hazy IPAs, this needs to be in the conversation. This is the exact definition of what a New England IPA is supposed to be. It is perfectly crafted. Uh, the color, the haze, the notes, uh, the notes of fruit. The nose, the taste, absolutely everything about it is perfect. It is one of those standard beers that you should just know. It is a classic New England IPA. Don, what do you think about it? I was getting ready for the pause and then, you you know, to call me out because I had the beer halfway up in my mouth. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I got to get ready. Uh, it's very good. It's it's drinkable. Uh, it's not overtly, like, hoppy. I, I know I've said that, like, 700 times. I, I know i said that more than I said nachos on this podcast but uh no it, it, it's very good it's not um it's not too bitter uh it's got it, it is a uh it was a single ipa right it's just a hazy yeah so right it makes sense it's not um it's not too bitter uh it's got a nice light drinkability to it um especially it's not super hot out these days but it is kind of warm so this is still this is still drinkable in the summer um still you can still drink these in uh like at a barbecue um i do like this quite a bit so um, I do nice. like that. Uh, with the movie, uh, yep, so we are getting into Act 1. 
you know, we get the cool, uh, the Marine, um, what is that, what, what they do with the rifle, the rifle twirling scene? I don't know what it's exactly called. Oh, I don't even know what that's called. That's it, but that's like the opening scene in the movie, and it's it's pretty cool. Like, the, you know, they do the, like, the little rifle trips, they flip them around, and then it gets right into um, uh, Demi Moore, uh, Joanne Galloway, uh, just reciting what she's going to do to pitch getting this case um out in front of the uh, what they call it the jag Corps, right i don't watch yeah. they, they have this now, now they have a show right with like the whole entire like, process of the, sh- the the show jag has been around for just as long as this movie i feel like i feel like the show came out because of like this movie and then the whole judicial like military judicial system so she's she's going and then she's uh She's she's reciting like her pitch, and then she gets in front of um, two of these dudes who uh, they just want to talk shit about Demi Moore. Um, kind of like the peak of misogyny. Is yeah, I feel like that's what this entire movie is: is let's just talk shit about Demi Moore. Even to the point where it's like, why don't you go get a cup of coffee? Um, it's like, no, I'm fine. I'll sit right here. It's like, all right, well, just can you just leave the room so we can talk about you behind your back? And she's like, oh, okay. And like that was like one of my favorite parts. Um, in this beginning act one and then so you know they pitch it uh you know it's like i don't know what these marines do down in uh guantanamo they just kind of do their own thing give this uh case to uh kathy kathy uh plea bargains everything and so <laughs> that kind of gets <laughs> like the movie roll and you know cruz is just kind of he's just uh, he's just trying to coast through his uh naval career as a uh, naval attorney um, yeah, what? he's just a hotshot country lawyer. I think what, was it Caffey's like goal to just kind of finish out like this Navy thing and then just go into like private practice or something like that. Or was that's it? what my assumption was. I think he wanted to go private, uh, just needed to pay his way through law school. I think so too, right? And so I think this was like his initial like law job to kind of get launched into that he gets roped into this like crazy case of uh code reds and 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 whatnot um meanwhile his case before was dealing with a guy who bought oregano instead of weed that's right and then uh do they hang people by yardarms anymore jordan i don't think they no do. they don't do that anymore daily says they don't hang people by yardarms anymore um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh by the way <laughs> we were just talking oh about Cruz's uh, yeah. softball abilities this is so bad the man can't he's just not an athlete he can run for days and he this is i think one of the only movies he does not run in but man, does he look bad playing sports. I know we talked about this a little bit during Days of Thunder, but it comes up again because there's more sports in this. He's terrible. And, you know, the, the camera does a good job of not showing where, like, you know, showing Cruz throwing a ball or, like, it, you know, shows him, like, you know, hitting, like, grounders to somebody. But it doesn't show, like, where he actually hits the grounders to people. Um, I think they show him doing BP as well, batting practice. Uh, but yeah, he, Cruz is, is terrible. It, it's it's tough to show baseball or any kind of softball throwing in a film um, because I don't think don't they allow perfect. sports when you're a Scientologist. You know what's is interesting is that the Naval Attorney Corps or, or whatever you call that they spend a lot of time playing softball, and so the fact that they are having time to like you know hit grounders, you know, do like some batting practice. He spends like most of his, I would have thought maybe he spent more time 
you know, going through documents or, you know, like going over, like looking at like case pictures. Like, no, no, you just practice softball. When you're taking pleas, man, when you're just doing plea bargains, you get out there and you play softball. (laughs) I I guess that's what the message was, is that, you know, he's successfully, you know, plea bargained every single case that he's been in. So, Uh, but not so addicted that he's just got to carry around that bat everywhere. Yeah. 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 He's just carrying (laughs) it around. But not this case. And then, then he meets up, uh, you know, he meets up with Demi Moore, with Joe Wayne, and um, he gets this case. And so he goes down to um, meet. Did he meet Dawson first or did he go down to Guantanamo first? Did they, I think he met um, his clients first, right? And then he flew. Yeah, down. he met the clients first and then, you know, talked to them, decided to take, take the case, and then moves on his way to go meet uh, Jessup and. Kedrick and uh, what Markinson? Right, 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 right. And so he's he's you know he's conversing with uh, Dawson and Downey. You know that's their clients, and he's like, well, "What happened?" And then you know Dawson's all hung up. It's like you, you didn't you didn't salute. You, you don't you don't do all this. Stuff. It's like you, guy, you just killed your coworker. <laughs> yeah, I, man. I, you would you know I think you ought to take this a little more seriously. And the fact that you're just like, nah, not guilty. I they told me to do it. They didn't tell you to kill Santiago. Yeah, they told you to matter. haze Santiago. <laughs> so, um, as much oh, as even Weinberg, Weinberg brings up the the whole, yeah, because that didn't work out well for that. That defense worked out well for the Nazis. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and then they rope him as like, oh, look, you're making an argument. Um, but yeah, like so, it's just like it's like you. You killed your coworker, like it, Jordan. It's like if you go in and they're like, "Hey, can you just make sure, like, blah blah blah," you know, he puts in all the software on like the machines and all that stuff. And you know, if he doesn't do that, you know, and you haze him, and then you know him or her, like, and he dies, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna blame like your your CEO? There's like, well, he told me that I had to train him. I mean, if there's a ticket requesting the murder, then yeah, I mean, I have to do it. <laughs> There's SLAs on that, Don. You know this. <laughs> I don't think murder was written on a ticket. I think there's a misunderstanding here. <laughs> um, oh, that's just a typo. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, involuntary murder. Not, not you know, not first-degree murder. This is uh, second-degree. <laughs> so, But, yeah, it, it's just funny that Dawson just kind of like, no, nah, they, they told me to do it. I'm not guilty. I'm not taking any plea. Uh it came out later before that Dawson shot at the Cubans, uh, you know, no. there was cause Santiago had info about a, uh, about a, um, a shot discharge or, or whatever, like a, whatever they call that, like a border case. Yeah. It shot over the wall. Yeah. So Dawson shot at one of the Cubans. The Cubans just kind of like hanging, you know, he's watching. Like, smoking a cigar. Yeah. Smoking a cigar. You know, he's like, Oh, my mirror moved. And it's like, well, yeah, you guys are sitting on this wall. Nobody's going to attack each other. Jesus Christ. It's Cuba. And like the U.S., no one's going to like they're not going to start the war right now here at the wall, guys. And so he shot he shoots at uh, one of the Cubans and then Santiago has like, you know, information on it and he's going to leak it out and get everybody in trouble. Um, And so therefore, they just going to have to murder him, just going to have to just going to have to kill him. So, yep, um, yep. Even though he requested, hey, just let me leave. Nah, sorry. Nah, sorry. You're going to have to die. We're going to kill you instead. Not on purpose, just, you know, we're just going to beat you up a little bit. You might die by the uh, the intensity of this beating up, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane, so. 
Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, I think I went a little long on that part. But if, um, if I'm in that situation, I'm taking the plea. Yeah. Like, what is this? What did, did he not expect that he was going to get kicked out of absolutely everything, if not end up in jail? Somebody died. Somebody died. Someone died. <laughs> what are you? Somebody you were like, you know, you should go to prison. One of your one of your reports. One of your direct reports has died. You killed one of your direct reports. It's insane. You know, it's like, oh. Not guilty. Not guilty. My manager told me to do that. Not guilty. <laughs> People, Jesus. just not, there's no accountability. There's just no accountability. <laughs> what happens in Gitmo stays in Gitmo. Apparently. Though. Apparently. So. Um, but yeah, so, you know, so they got that. They go down, they do an investigation. Uh, you know, Jack Nicholson gets introduced. He's, it's interesting. We were just talking about this. He got nominated for this film. He's only in it for 20 minutes, right? So he's only yeah, in like it for, tw- I think it's like 25 minutes, five scenes. He's barely in it until the end, but he's amazing. He puts on a clinic. And you know the first part is uh, you know he goes and he tells Markinson we're just gonna we're just gonna beat the tar out of this kid we're not gonna send him away uh, you know try to set a precedent here and you know then uh, they go down they do the investigation uh, he kind of he's kind of nice in the beginning and then when he starts actually asking questions they bully him uh, you know what's odd is that you know it's funny like nowadays like thinking about this in like 1992 versus like today nobody travels just to like go and talk to anybody anymore and so it, yeah. that's like we, we don't thing. even go across a bridge to talk to each other during this podcast we do it remotely yeah no even like you have a meeting with like somebody who's like down the hall you'll still do a zoom call and you'll call them on camera like from you know the same office in like the place they don't even we don't even travel to like other people's cubes anymore so um, it's kind of interesting that, like, kind of how things age, that they literally had to fly all the way down to Cuba just to have a meeting <laughs> with um, Marcus yeah. and Jessup and, uh, and Kendrick. So, um, but that was, uh, that was kind of a thing. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of misogyny in this movie. Whole lot. Oh, just more picking on Demi. Yeah. And it was funny because Demi, Demi was a big deal in 1992, and she'd been a huge, like, you know, she was in uh, St. Elmo's Fire, she'd been in uh, Ghost, um, y- you know, she'd been in, like, a ton of movies, and it was just weird, like, when she took this role, it was just kind of, and it's been mentioned in other places, too, that it was just kind of, uh, it, it was, like, a little bit of a lesser role for somebody who was, like, such a big star at the time, it was kind of, it was kind of weird, so... Yeah, but I think she was just overshadowed. I think when you're playing in the the Nicholson realm, there you kind of everybody got overshadowed in this movie. Yeah, everybody's kind of bringing it in this film. Yeah. Um she's kind of like the catalyst uh, to kind of get it all together. Um, Kevin Bacon also in this film as well. Um, so it's just kind of it's some decent bacon right there. It's a crowded room. It, it's a crowded room to try to yeah. Really I mean, shine you get in. Cuba Gooding Jr. Starting off, Kevin Bacon, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Pollack, Demi Moore. Like, it's it, uh, Noah Wiley is somehow in this movie. It's star studded. Even Kevin Pollack, who's going to eventually be later on in um, uh, Usual Suspects, he, he was like tremendous. So he's, he's just like one of those underrated actors that's like really great and everything that oh, he's, he's tremendous. He's in. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, so then uh, right, they get back from uh, Cuba. They're gonna go plea, and then he gets uh, he gets bullied into it. Right, you were talking about it before. The uh, oh look, he's he's making an argument. You know, 
Yeah. And then he kind of gets uh, kind of gets roped into it, goes into the courtroom, pleads not guilty. Everybody's surprised, and uh, away we go. And then here we get started with the trial. So, but uh, and that's away we go into a short break. That's right. And we're back with Act 2. Kathy gets a little bit drunk and decides to give up, supposedly. With this act, we are going to pair it with Torque Wrench, which is a hazy double IPA. This beer presents with uh, pale haze, intense aromas, and a chewy mouthfeel that bites back. Torque blows up the tropical base of Wrench and then tightens it with a big old dose of Cryo Simcoe. Uh, like it says, it just cranks it up a notch here. Uh, we're going with the double. It's got tons of juiciness, tons of mango, tons of apricot, smooth with just ever so slightly more richness, just because it's got that alcohol on the back end there. Don, how about you crack it open and give it a taste? I, uh, I hope that caught on the audio, that as soon as you said Kathy gets drunk, I cracked it open. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't even hear uh, it. Oh, <laughs> you didn't? Oh, that, that means I set my gain correctly. Nice, nice. What does cryo Simcoe mean? Uh, it's a specific type of hop, oh. so it's from... Oh, that sounds God. awesome. And I'm going to sound like an idiot if I am wrong here, but I believe it nah, is cryo- who cares? cryogenically frozen Simcoe hops. That sounds amazing. Why? Oh, so they're like frozen in time? Like, so if they... Yes, frozen hops. Get cryo hops. Fuck out of here. Man, I got to look this up now to make sure I'm right. That's insane. <laughs> so what, so what did they, they freeze them to like preserve them in time? Like the Terminator? Yeah, I think they're like fra- flash frozen. Oh, I got to take a sip of this. Hold on, hold on. This is going to be like the Terminator beer. Sweet. I could be completely wrong. What are cryo hops? Oh, that's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's uh, it's just the bumped up version yeah. of the the last one I just had. This is good, actually. So, so it's not cryogenically frozen, but they are preserved using nah, go with the very low frozen. temperatures in nitrogen in, uh, rich environments. Uh, the cryogenically frozen one was cool. Um, the Terminator wasn't cryogenically <laughs> frozen. What the fuck? You know? No. 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 But I I don't know. I just thought of that for Were some Were you reason. mixing that up with Demolition Man? Y- yeah, or Austin Powers. <laughs> or Austin Powers. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he can't control the volume of his voice either. Um, <laughs> this is pretty good. Uh, it's actually, yeah, it's like a bumped up version of uh, Wrench. So we're, so we're stepping it up a notch. Uh, this is now an 8.2. Uh, ABV alcohol beverage uh, volume. volume. I don't know. Uh, by volume. By volume. Ah, there we go. By volume. Uh, yeah, no, this is uh, this is nice. I think I, I I'm gonna catching I'm catching on to the theme here that we're gonna gradually increase intensity. Oh, that's right. You just said that in the beginning. Of course, I don't listen. <laughs> uh, we're increasing uh, intensity. It's just like you said. It's insane. <laughs> Wow, wow. Look at that. We try to put a theme behind stuff. We're a little more uh prepared than I thought we were. This is good. This is good. <laughs> I don't get the mango though. I don't I don't get that, but it is good. Um not getting any of the fruity tone. Did you get the fruity tone? It does say sticky. Yeah, I, I got the mango in there. It is it's like a sticky fruitiness to it. Let me take another sip. Like super ripe. Not overly sweet though. 
No, it's not. It's, and I don't think it's not sweet at all. Um, and, and in a good way, uh, it's, yeah. you know, in some doubles, you know, they get like a little too not sweet at all. And it was like, like, nah, but, uh, no, nah, this was, this was good. This was, uh, this was good. Um, second act, uh, we, we're going into the actual trial. I, you know, just in remembering this film and, you know, I didn't really get a chance to like kind of watch it right before this, but the biggest thing that I remember in like the 4,000 times I've seen this, that Kathy's skill is really to annoy people, like annoy yeah. people into the truth. And I feel like that's most defense attorneys. I, I guess, right? And I'm sure there's attorneys out there. It's like, no, no. I actually attack them with, like, facts and and the law. I don't just annoy people like Tom Cruise does. I, I'm sure there's, like, there's, you know, attorneys out there who feel that way. But that's really... Well, you gotta make them... You gotta get under their skin so you can make them crack, I, right? I guess so. That's where the whole annoyance comes in. That's what he's really trying to it's do. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a Dennis Rodman of like attorneys or like a like a Draymond Bruce Green. Bowen. Yeah, Bruce Bowen, you know, style of uh of attorney of attorneying yeah. of uh litigation, I guess. Um, you know, I know I'm just throwing together uh law <laughs> terms that I don't know what it means and that's because objection. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> strenuously object. I strenuously object. <laughs> There's a difference between paper law and trial law. It's like what 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 is the difference? What is the difference, Weinberg? I don't, I don't know. Um, you Weinberg. <laughs> so Anytime you say his name, it's coming out, Don. It's uh, <laughs> there's a whole slew of quotes, um, you know, just in the movie overall. But anyway, so getting back to, to, to the film here. So basically, it's just the essential trial. They start out with like the doctor in terms of like the questioning. Um, you know, they're trying to say that Santiago died from a, uh, a lactic acidosis, correct? I think yes. I remembered that. And that it was possibly that the, the rag was poisoned. It's trying to insinuate that, um, that Dawson poisoned him. Um, which is Man, he case. really had the doctor on the ropes. He really did. I thought that was just going to be the key witness right there because you i didn't think the military guys were gonna crack yeah if anybody's gonna crack is the doctor he did a good job he did a good job in terms of like pointing out the doubt right and i think that's you know we're, we're joking about like defense attorneys but i think defense attorney's job is really to invoke a lot of the doubt that goes into because it's upon the um it's upon the uh the government or the uh the the um you know, the attackers, what do they call that? The plaintiff. Uh, it's upon yes. them to like prove without like any kind of doubt. And so the defense attorney's really job is just to invoke some kind of doubt. And so the, you just point out to the doctor that he's, you know, he really did point out that it wasn't like a hundred percent sure. And of course, uh, you know, Joanne Galloway point strenuously objects and gets some, ah. you know, scared the attorney. And in which case Weinberg, you know, gets all snarky and says, you know, does the whole paper law versus trial law thing. And so, but I, you know, in the end, I think they did a good job with the doctor. Uh, after that, they bring on the other, um, and it's interesting. They, so they flew those other Marines from Guantanamo to DC just for this case then, didn't they? Every single one of them. They did, didn't they? They couldn't just yeah. do a deposition and like videotape like a deposition. They had to just go and it is 1992. They didn't have video conferencing. So they had to literally fly, you know, that whole entire core up to uh, DC just so they could do um, this uh, this trial up here. And the only one we get to see is Cuba Gooding Jr. 
Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, Noah 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 Wiley Noah Wiley. No, Noah Wiley was already on was on Gitmo, but he wasn't part of that uh, regiment. Oh, he was just like I see. They were just kind of questioning. He was like him. a transportation guy. I don't know if he was a marine. I don't know what he was. I think yeah. I don't think he was part of that group. He was just like a he was just a ploy to kind of point out that procedures aren't necessarily followed <laughs> down in uh, yeah. Guantanamo. Um, and isn't isn't that everybody's problem? Um, so yeah, so then they uh, they do that, and then Markinson disappears. Sorry, that's the biggest thing. So they're trying to find Markinson. Where's Markinson? Markinson was uh, you know spent his first 20, 20 years of the Corps. Or it was it's just a lot of years. Yeah, twenty years. Twenty years of the Corps. He spent in counterintelligence, um, and that, that they would never find him. Um, and then of course he just kind of miraculously appears. Uh, behind, uh, he, he sneaks into Tom Cruise, uh, Caffey's car. He, oh, I guess because he, he always goes to that newsstand and he doesn't lock his car. So he, cause he always, he must always go in there, get the newspaper, say a bunch of cliches to the guy at the newsstand. And then yeah. he gets into but, his car. We didn't bring him up in the cast cause I completely forgot about Mark and said for a minute, but JT Walsh is great. Love a good JT Walsh appearance in a movie. No, he's, re- he's really good. Um, you know, he takes a little bit on to himself either. So, you know, where Dawson's like, nah, I didn't do anything. You know, Markinson could just kind of be like, you know, we had a meeting about this. I did say that we probably shouldn't do it. But, you know, Jessup overruled me and, you know, he outranks me and says, yeah, whatever. No big deal. It's not my fault. Not my fault. You know, he he totally had the, uh, the out where, like, you know, I did say something. But, uh but he's the one who took it like the hardest, you know, he yeah. kills himself, Obviously, you know, but, um, you know, I, I guess like, I don't know what he was really going to do there. He did say something to Jessup. He said, no, his decision is final because he outranks him and that, that's it. it. You know, I think he should just take advantage that he's not the one in charge and he's not the one responsible for uh, Santi- uh, Santiago dying, but. No. Anyway, so yeah, the, but Markinson's a ghost, man. He's a Markinson's ghost. Markinson's a ghost, though. You'll never find. He could him. be anybody. He could be you. Are you Markinson? I'm not Markinson. That's two down. That's two down. <laughs> that's my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> uh, so that that's from the whole. You know, he sends out uh, Weinberg to go find out like what what might you know they're gonna try they subpoena I think they subpoenaed him already but they tried to uh, find him you know they couldn't find him he's in the counterintelligence blah 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 he talked to some lady at the uh, the office and she's like you could be Markinson and he wouldn't even know it and that's the whole uh, are you Markinson it's like no I'm not Markinson too <laughs> that's my favorite uh, one of the lines that uh, that's one of my favorite in the thing. So but, and then we we also get the big uh, Caffey versus Kendrick scene here. Yep, yep. That's uh, and that's really what kind of inspires uh, Weinberg later on. Uh, we'll get to that during the drunken rant. That, that's really what inspires him to to uh, subpoena subpoena. Is that what they call? Anyway, they call up uh, yeah. Jessup to go on the stand. But yeah, he just uh, that that was a great scene, right? He's just firing back at him. He's just. Uh, his line of questioning and and is leading him into like you know like all the like perceived lies and everything like that. It's just great and like you pointed out, you know, he gets him like so frustrated that he's like he's he's breathing heavy. He's staring off into the thing. He's not even listening to the question. Um, yeah, there there's one really poignant part in that sequence where he literally just stares off and has to snap back into it, which is a nice little bit of acting from Kiefer. You know, he's not known for being the best but uh, that was a nice little bit of 
face acting there from him. I like Kiefer. He's always he's a great bad guy. He's he's, he's uh, he is a good bad guy. He's a better bad guy than good guy. Yeah, he's definitely is. He's he's a pretty bad good guy. Uh, he's not. I mean, you know, he's not very good at it. But like, he's always been like. I mean, very he was menacing. Jack Bauer. Yeah. That's right. But he was a bad good guy. That's right. I never, I know, I didn't get into 24. Did you see that whole series? Oh, I watched it all. Oh, that's right. He, yeah, that's right. I forget that. That's what everybody sees him as, is Jack Bauer yes. in 24. Because that went for like a million seasons. It was like four million. Oh, I think it went eight, and then it had a movie? Yeah. Or two movies? Yeah, he was in every single one, or they took him out? It's always end. Jack Bauer. He's always been Jack Bauer. And that's right. It, and it's you, you kind of forget that, because previous to that, he was always like a bad guy. He was, always, he was in this. He was in Lost Boys. Uh, he was in... Um, what else was he in? He's in a ton of stuff. But yeah, he's always like the bad guy. I always remember him in the Lost Boys. He's a great vampire. Everybody remembers Lost Boys. I think he's a great vampire. I think he's possibly one of the best vampires. Um, but yeah, he's in Flatliners. He's the dick in Flatliners. Yeah. Um, he's, he, what else is he in? I gotta look this up. Uh, he's in a video game. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, what else? Yeah, Lost Boys. Um... Yeah, he's just been around forever. I... Like, early days, he definitely led more towards... Uh, he was a good guy in Young Guns. Oh, man. Now now you got me looking. I don't know. Yeah. There's not a lot of big hits out of Keith. I'm surprised, and I think... Let's, let's go down. He's, uh, that's right. He was in Dark City. That's a great movie, by the way. I missed that on our last podcast with your recommendations. That's actually a really interesting film. Um, let's see. Young Guns. That's right. He's in both Young Guns. That's Yeah, he's not the bad guy in Young Guns. Um, you know, but uh, I felt like he's just been in a lot of movies, or maybe uh, Stand By Me. That was the other huge one. That's what we're forgetting right there. He was oh, young, he was yeah. great in Stand By Me. He was like the he was that that he was like just like the most menacing like scary teenager of all time. So, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, um, good actor. Um, but yeah, so you know, we get we get the face off with uh, Caffey versus Kendrick. Uh, you know, we get the Marines. It was Kendrick the last one. Was it? He was the last one, and then that's when they're starting to feel good. And then they find Markinson, and then he kills himself. Right? Is that the uh, kind of the sequence of events, if I recall correctly? That's kind of it. Yeah, I Did feel I like something? there might have been one or one more person in between there. I can't remember directly though. I don't think so. Right? Because they they got they they cross-examined all the Marines. They cross-examined the doctor. They cross-examined. You know, you know what it is? It was uh, Downey. The Downey. Yeah, the Downey meltdown. Yeah, one. because Downey, right, today, you know, because Downey needed a trial lawyer. That's what he needed. But, um, yeah, that was it. And then, that's right, that was the kind of, because everything was going well, and then that's right when Downey got on. Yeah, Downey, Downey is what caused the drunkenness. I, which the name is then fitting, because Robert Downey jr would always be drunk as well i would have figured weinberg but you know what he probably got overturned where he was just like let's let's not put downey on the scene on the stand and that's like a big rule in like these these uh these trials right you, you never put the the accused 
on yeah. on the stand. Like that's because that's just like the kiss of death. That's like, dude, you yeah, might exactly. as well just plead guilty. If you're gonna go on the stand, just plead guilty. Just plead guilty. They're gonna and, kill and you. And why didn't they put the other guy in the stand? He seemed so much smarter. Yeah, I well, I guess because he was the accused and he was like the main like perpetrator, and so that's why. That's probably what it was. They were going to put him on the stand because he was the main perpetrator. Downey didn't actually do it himself. He was just the accessory, but he was the dumb gotcha. one. And then he got totally misdirected in all sorts of directions. And Kevin uh, Kevin Bacon, Jack Ross, Lieutenant Jack Ross just goes to town on Downey. Oh, just crushes him. Oh, my God. He doesn't even know his own name by the time he's done cross-examining him. It's so bad. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that takes him out to the drunken scene where he, you know, you know, he, he gets all like down, he yells at, uh, Gal, Galloway, kicks him out, kicks her out of the apartment. And then that's when Lieutenant Weinberg just kind of gives him like that speech. You Weinberg! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Weinberg really gives him the speech and he gives him the encouraging speech where like, you know. The good old pep talk. Yeah. And then, you know, that, uh, you know, he's just, a, just a thought how you were firing away at Kendrick. You're a sick lawyer. You know what I mean? Your dad was pretty good. What was he? The, uh, the general attorney for the entire U.S.? Was that what the uh, Caffey said? No, was? I think it was uh, a DA for some state. Oh, that's right. He was uh, he was doing the whole a Southern DA. Yeah, the Southern DA to integrate schools. That's right. That was his claim to fame. So, um, but yeah, he gives him the pep talk, uh, snaps him out of it, and then uh, right on to uh, Colonel Jessup, getting him on the stand. We're gonna. He's gonna use his skills of annoyance on Colonel Jessup. <laughs> um, yeah, he's gonna be. He's not gonna be able to annoy uh, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> no, no way. Sure. Yeah, sure. That's gonna be impossible. Sure. Yeah. He just looks at him and he gets annoyed. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that but, um, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Before we get to the most famous scene of this movie, the third act, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back with act three. We're going to put Jessup on the stand, and we're going to pair that with Impact Wrench. At 10% ABV, this is the first beer industrial arts made to hit double digits. Mosaic, Simcoe, and Comet hops blast through the base of spelt wheat and oats for a full-bodied lupulin-loaded flavor blast. Uh, this completes our hazy wrench stack here, going with the triple IPA, solid sweetness, decent amount of resin and pine in this one, and it really allows that richness to come through while not being overly heavy. Don, what do you think about it? Uh, let's see. Let's open this up. I'm going to do this on the uh, microphone here. Let's see if this picks it up. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, I heard it. Heard I heard it. it. You heard it. Let's take the sip. Let's see how we go. We used to do this in the early podcast. So, uh, we were cheating before. We were just drinking before. <laughs> mm. Yep, yep. It was as predicted. This is the most intense out of the three uh, wrenches. <laughs> uh, hey, we had a plan and we stuck to yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? We, we've been doing like just random beers. It's like, and this is a Budweiser. And this is an IPA. <laughs> And this is a Corona. We were just like all over the place. We didn't have like a good theme with the uh, the beer choices. Um, this is good. This is uh, this is definitely. It, I see on the can here, it says dank and dense. This is a ten percenter. 
uh, we've definitely this is definitely the uh, intense version. It just definitely pairs with the third act of just Caffey uh, and Jessup just yelling at each other. Um, I do like this yeah, as th- well. Um, I think no matter what, if we were doing industrial arts, I would have said this beer needs to be this act. Yeah, no, I I catch this. You know, you know where like the descriptions like I don't I don't catch that mango. I, I get the resonant pine in this. Um, I'm definitely catching a lot of this. Uh, yeah, still has a nice pillowy mouthfeel, even though it's a little sticky. It's really good. Yeah, for a ten percenter, it's not. Yeah, it's not like too heavy. It's not like horribly like bitter. This is actually pretty. This is pretty good for a triple. Um, not as uh, it's not as bitter as the uh, what was the last triple that we had? We did have a triple. Um, from the last uh, the last podcast. Oh, the Bellwoods triple we had was was pretty dope though. Too. Yeah, that was good too. Uh, that was really this light. one is um this one's a little less bitter, right? I think. Did, uh, what do you think? Is this... uh, I think it's a little more resinous. I think the uh, the bitterness is probably about the same though. Mm. I think it was probably similar IBUs on that. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, okay. Okay. Because uh, maybe it's just my mouth. Because um, since I went from the single to the double to the triple. I, uh, you know, that, that definitely makes a difference, you know, like in terms of like what you've been drinking before all day and oh, jumping definitely. into it. Um, you know, there's a good chance to talk about like beers and, and, and IPAs and things like that. Um, it definitely, yeah. I, I, you know, when you do this and then we, when we set this up, it actually worked out because you're, you're doing like a gradual buildup. You're not drinking like a sour, and then diving into like a stout where it's like a heavy difference cool. and you're like, Ooh, like that's, that's really bad. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's tough to drink. Sometimes when we do these pods, it's, it's very tough to drink all three beers within an hour. Yeah. Uh, if we're trying to do it live, because one, some of these are quite heavy Two, your palate just gets destroyed. Yeah. Whereas this one, you just get that gradual increase of some sweetness some resinous and some of that, you know, richness that comes along with the heavier alcohol and heavier ABVs. And and I think it just flows pretty well on the stack. It's interesting because, right, if you go to, like, a tap room and something like that, you know, it's probably, you know, if you're jumping around, like, different, like, tastes, it's going it, to, it's like what we were just saying, it's going to come out, like, different. So, like, when you go from, like, one extreme spectrum, like, to the other, uh, it's it's gonna affect the taste of them. So I, this was uh, yeah, nice nice work on this, uh, yeah. Mister Daly. Nice gradual. Thank you. Increase. Yeah. Take this, sip here. You know, just even talking about drinking IPAs like that, I will always remember this one beer. And this is way before I knew as much as I know about beer. I've had as many beers as I've had throughout these years. It was my early twenties. Green Flash used to have this Imperial IPA called Palette Wrecker. And it was heavy IBUs, very bitter, very resinous, had a ton of pine to it. But you took one sip of that and you weren't tasting anything else for the rest of the night. That's all that was going to be stuck in your mouth. Yeah. And that's what can happen with a lot of these heavier IPAs, some of these West Coast IPAs that are out there. The New England ones are a little bit more subtle. They play a little bit nicer on the palate, have a better mouthfeel, and don't really stick to your teeth. Uh, This one, I think, is pretty sticky, though. I think it gets up there. And I, I think it's like, right. It's like if you, I think if we went like kind of like backwards or if we were like, and even like sometimes, you know, when you go to like these breweries, sometimes there's a bar attached to it. If you're having like cocktails and things like that, and then like to switch over to that, it, it's going to be kind of tough. So, uh, you know, so I don't know if it's like advice or anything like that, but it's, um, it's interesting with like the way all these beers taste, uh, it's going to 
really change depending on what your palate's what's been going through all day, and uh, you know to try to uh, plan accordingly, which uh, you know Mr. Daly here has planned perfectly. So, <laughs> well, well, let's get into our third act here, man. I I feel like everybody just wants us to kick into the scene, but I think we got to start a little bit with like their prep work. And how they had to really go hardcore into prepping to go against Jessup. And I think they did a really good job playing on that whole flight uh, uh, fake, right? So they, they put in the fake or took away the records of the flight that happened previously, right? Yeah, that was interesting. You're right. With uh, when They got the, the flight records and they got like those two like the Edwards Air Force uh, base you know, they were like the records keepers and things like that. And it was funny because afterwards, like, what were those two going to say anyway? And it's like, oh, they were going to say they don't recall what happened that day. It was like, it was great. <laughs> but he had them there. And I don't know if that, like, because, you know, because they, they already explained that, like, you know, Jessup doesn't get rattled. You know, he knows how to cover things up. You don't become the chief of joint staff uh, uh, without sidestepping a few months. National security. National security. You don't become the uh, national security advisor without uh, sidestepping a few landmines here and there. And so, you know, so, like, I, I don't know if, like, all that really made a difference. But you're right in terms of, like, the prep uh, they did to kind of get, like, that redirection was kind of cool. It was funny because, you know, again, Demi Moore, Joy, and Galloway uh, kind of goes and it's like, well, if he's not going to say it, just back off. It's like, you were the one who told me that we should do this. And now that he's here, you're going to tell me to back off all of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, okay. come on. I'm not backing down on this guy now. You got me. I'm already going to get court martialed no matter what. Right. You got me revved up for this. You got me pumped up for this. We're going all in now. You know, there's yeah. no going back. Oh boy, does he go all in too? So yeah, so they start firing away, um, and it, it's I like the scene that he starts out because it's like it's not going well in the beginning. It's like a it's like a Rocky fight scene where he's you know Rocky's getting pummeled in the beginning. Oh, so yeah. yeah, it's not going well. Uh, Jessup's got you know rebuttals for like everything he's saying. He actually gets up to leave. He leaves the stand. Oh, the balls on him! <laughs> First off, I I know I said it already. But this is a master class from Nicholson. He outperforms everyone in this movie with the limited amount of time he's in there. That, yeah, you remember Tom Cruise because he's in it the most and he's Tom Cruise. But this is Jack Nicholson's movie. It really is in this last scene. He gets up in the middle and he totally, like, disrespects the judge. And that really oh. kind of gives you some insight on just, like, how, like... It's almost like arrogant, but just like how much power this guy's got, where like he doesn't even consider like the judge kind of over him. And then he gets up and he's getting ready to leave. And you know, like, you weren't dismissed. <laughs> you would think even the judge is like, um, you weren't like dismissed. Uh, you, 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 you know, I know like this isn't going well for him, but you're kind of supposed to stay till the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I love the snapback from the judge though, because you know. Uh, Jessup is doing the whole you will address me by sir or colonel all right to to Kathy the entire time yep. and then he says something to the judge and he's like you will you will address me by judge or his honor yeah that's right because because <laughs> you know damn well I deserve it <laughs> that's right that's right because he was going off about it. yeah because he was getting arrogant and and you know because Jack well uh, he thought Jessup, he won yeah he thought he won he thought he, he thought won. It was done. 
and even made that snide remark where he's like, I don't know what kind of show you're running up here, you know, and then he sits back down, and then so that starts off. So you'll refer to me as the judge or your honor. I believe I've earned it as well. And oh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, so that was cool. And then so the and then that leads into, like, you know, he turns the tide. Uh, he gets them all misdirected. You know, he gets to, he really hits, he attacks the whole, like, well, if you told somebody that, to do something, why wouldn't they do it? Why the two orders? You know, and then it's like, right. And then it's just, why? And he's like, you know, and he doesn't have, that was the one thing he didn't have the rebuttal for. Um, I don't know why he didn't start with that, but I guess it's all movie stuff and, and building up to it. But Oh, yeah, it's definitely movie stuff. you got to have him, you know, think he's winning. That's probably, had me yeah. in the first half. Yep, yeah. So he deked him a little bit. He did the rope-a-dope uh, on him and then had him thinking he's winning. Uh, attacked him where I hit it the most. Where like, well, you don't think people listen to you? Why do you need two orders? Why why are you doing this back talk? I thought everybody right. I thought you were the you know chief of national security, and then that was great. And then so Nicholson just blows up. You know, I oh. I hate when people say you can't handle the truth nowadays. So it's kind of funny. I, as, as much as I love this movie, I hate the parodies and I hate the whole you can't handle the truth constantly saying it. It just like curls my, uh, just like runs right up my, it just runs up right on my back. It just makes me cringe every time I hear it. I can't take it anymore. But, um, well, I feel like we now know your favorite line from that sequence is, You, Lieutenant Weinberg. <laughs> so that was, we keep, we keep pointing that back out, but he's just, you know, he's going off on a rant. You know, he's like, Who's going to defend this nation? You, Lieutenant White. And then, like, whole time it's like what what i didn't even question i don't how did you even know my name you, you know it, it's just like i know they subpoenaed you and i was probably on like a piece of paper but and it, the disrespect he didn't even mention galloway he didn't even mention Tammy yeah. Moore. it's like no he didn't even he didn't even give her the respect to like call her name out he calls out weinberg before he calls out galloway what a dick but um I mean the 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 best lines for me. I it's not that you can't handle the truth. It's the you want me on that wall, you need me on that wall. That's the line for me that I love. Yeah, the no, that's a that's a great line and and he gets uh he gets Jessup to admit it. Um, you know. And it's crazy. They I don't think that works. I don't think law works that way, but I think he gets to, like immediately arrested, doesn't he? Like he gets arrested he does. like right off the stand. Pretty sure that is how how it works because they already have them in custody then. I guess in the court. Yeah, I guess so, right? And since yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you directly arrest that person? It's like a tribunal too, so it's like it doesn't I guess it doesn't fall like real law or something like that, but um yeah, it's just interesting. So they arrest him on spot. And in the end, you know, uh, Kevin Bacon, you know, he kind of tips his hat over to Caffey. But, uh, you know, one of the things pointing back to, like, the opening arguments was that, you know, Kevin Bacon's character, uh, Jack Ross, uh, he kind of points out, it's like, oh, so there's, like, a whole bunch of facts. Uh, there's a Marine that's dead, and these two were there, and they kind of yeah. did it. Uh, what's going to happen on this side, though, is they're going to tell you, like, all this misdirection and procedures and, and orders and stuff like that. But, like, really, in the end, you know, like... They did it. They did it. Like, they, it's like they went in there, he was alive, they did some roughing up, and then after that, he was no longer alive. And so there you go. Those are the facts of the case. So, 
Yeah, Kevin Bacon's I don't, right. I still don't get how they're shocked at the end that they got discharged. Oh, I know. I, I know. Well, and then Dawson kind of admits it's just like, you know, we're supposed to stick up for people. And he calls him, like, Willie. I was like, um, yeah, I think so, too. And I don't know why it took you the whole entire case to kind of, like, we could have just settled this whole thing before that if you just kind of, like, well, at minimum, you know, we probably... We probably he probably should no matter what they told me he probably shouldn't the end result he should have been dead at the end and it wasn't even like that they did you know and this is my argument is that they ordered the code red but they didn't quarter the code dead they ordered the code yeah. red you know so I you know it's just I know it's not it's not a very good movie if they just go you know we just told him to haze him we didn't tell him to kill him. <laughs> And yeah. I, full, you know, we take accountability that, you know, maybe our tactics to train people are a little rough. And we admit that, but, you know, we don't kill people. And so, yeah. Right. And so, you know, I think that could have just went a long way into just everybody kind of getting off the hook here. But, you know, that's not a very good movie, I guess. So, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, so that, that kind of wraps up like the third act, um, you know, into the final scene. Uh, you know, Caffey is victorious. What do you think Caffey did after this? Who do you think he became? What was his, uh, what was his career? Uh, I think this? he went on to an illustrious softball career. <laughs> Professional but softball. You know, who wasn't on that team was Jack Ross, because according to Caffey, you were a shitty softball player. Lousy softball player. <laughs> Lousy softball player. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he stayed on with like the Naval Corps? Do you think he just moved on and became a consultant down in DC? Who knows? Who knows what Caffey And did. after, after this, this was all over the news. This was headlines. He got paid. He went private and he got paid. Yeah. He made appearances. He probably wrote a book. Um, yeah. Cause he got the, uh, he literally got the, the, uh, the national security, the chief of national security arrested like right on spot. So you're right. That would have hit like the news pretty big. Um, they I'm sure they would have blamed the president too. So, um, but, uh, yeah, no, that, uh, that wraps us up. Do we have anything else that we, uh, that we need to talk about on this? That's all I got tonight. Well, thank you very much, everybody, especially you, Nancy. Didn't forget about you. I always <laughs> remember you, Nancy. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, follow us at Craft Studios Pod. Uh, we'll be putting up pictures of, uh, well, the you know when the podcast comes out and letting you know when it comes out. Uh, we've been a little busy. We haven't been putting a lot of things on it, but uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta up our end to here. Our listenership is going. Down yeah, our marketing department of, uh, needs to get fired. Yeah, uh, they're not doing Seriously. a great job. Um, our production department is where while it's you know trending upwards our marketing department is trending downwards so uh you know we'll have to we'll have to get on them for that but um you know thank you so much for listening jordan what are your uh handles you can find me on instagram at j underscore digglesworth and you can find me on twitter at just got real r-e-e-l Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you know, we greatly appreciate that. Send us an email. What was the email address again, Jordan? Craftstudiospod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, or ideas, we will listen to it. Or listen to anything. You can just tell us that we suck. Um, you yeah. Know, anything. Anything. You tell us that we're great. Tell us that we suck uh, or that you don't like the beers. 
um, anything is greatly appreciated at this rate. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Why don't you uh, sign us out, Lieutenant Daly? <laughs> oh, you stole it from me because I was going to go, you, Lieutenant Boon Vasudi. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. We'll be back again in a couple weeks. Check, 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 one, two. This is my gain. How do you do?